Hi everyone. This uh, today is January twenty fifth, twenty twenty four. This open meeting of the Design Review Committee is being conducted remotely, pursuant to Chapter Two of the Acts of twenty twenty three, an act relative to extending certain COVID nineteen measures adopted during the state of emergency, signed into law on March twenty ninth, twenty twenty three. All members of the Design Review Committee are allowed and encouraged to participate remotely. The act allows the Design Review Committee to meet entirely remotely so long as reasonable public access is afforded so that the public can follow along with the deliberations of the meeting. The public is encouraged to follow along using the posted agenda, unless the chair notes otherwise. Members of the public who wish to view the live stream of this meeting may do so by going to Northborough Remote Meetings on YouTube via the link listed on the agenda. Ensuring public access does not ensure public participation unless such participation is required by law. This meeting will figure feature public comment, but I just wanna let everybody know that um, today we're gonna to go through a presentation by the applicant. Then there'll be questions by the board and the staff and um, public comments will be at the end. So if you have questions, just save them. And at the end, you raise your hand, I'll call on you with your questions. Um, the chair will confirm the board members. Um, Lisa Maselli. Here. Dave Varon. You're muted. Sure. And you actually say Amy Peretsky. I don't know if you know how to change your name because I <laughs> sent you the link. So you probably don't know how, but the <laughs> the man, Amy Peretsky, is Dave Varon. Staff, um, when I call your name, Lori Connors. Here. And Bob Frederico. Here. Okay. Um, for presenters, um, the chair will invite each speaker or applicant on the agenda by name to make a presentation. Participants will provide their full name and hold until their name is called. Each speaker will be asked to mute their phone or computer when not speaking and speak clearly in a way that helps generate accurate meeting minutes. Those responding will ask to be waited to wait until the floor is yielded to them by the chair. Speakers who wish to respond to the comments of others do, do so through the chair. Each vote taken by the board or committee will be conducted by roll call vote. And um, I don't think there'll be any votes taken today. It's now 8.40 on January 25th. And um, I just wanted to say a couple things um, before starting. I wanna thank everybody for coming today. As I said before, my name is Amy Peretsky. I'm the chair of the Design Review Committee. Um, today with me is Lisa Maselli and Dave Varon, and staff members Lori Connors and Bob Federico. The first on the agenda today will be the design review of the Northborough Fire Station. I wanted to start the meeting by saying there's no question that the Northborough firefighters and staff need a new station that is up to current safety standards. I think all Northborough residents agree and that it's overdue. The questions asked today and at other meetings are not because we don't think they deserve the station, but they're just site and design questions that will be asked today. <clears throat> um, the design review meetings will start with a presentation that will detail the building design and the site plans followed by, by questions by the design review members and staff. Okay, um, so for today, I think it'll be Amy from HKT, HKT that will be presenting the application. Do you mind um, introducing yourself? 
Sure. Uh, my name is Amy Dunlap. I'm a principal with HKT Architects in Charlestown, Massachusetts. Thank Should you. I go ahead. Sure. That'd okay. be great. Thank you. I'm going to share my screen for a power. Amy, you're muted. I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Thanks. Okay. Okay. And you can see my screen, okay? Yes. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Um, so I, I'll try to go through this fast as I know you have a lot of um, comments uh, that you wanted to get to. Um, this was just sort of a... Uh, agenda for the meeting. Um, I'm just going to quickly go through where we are in the process and then we can uh, review the submission that we sent to you. Uh, the design approach that we've taken with the building committee, the first step we had was to develop a program. Uh, we sent out detailed questionnaires to the fire department and we had a number of firefighters respond, which was great and really gave us a lot of good uh, data to work with as we developed the program. We met with them, we toured the station, uh, we went in depth um, in our conversations about their operational needs, both for um, the current and uh, firefighting, and then looking out to 40 years, what they might expect that they needed. And that was used to develop uh, the program for the building. From that, we developed uh, several different plan options for how that program might be uh, developed. Uh, we reviewed those with the department and the committee, talked about the pros and cons and what would uh, meet the operational needs and what wouldn't. And uh, wound up uh, with the, the option that we're going to show you today, which was the plan that best met the operational needs uh, for the fire department. Um, we From there, we started looking at the building forms that would match those needs. We studied the context, both for the uh, existing town buildings, the neighbors, and other precedent buildings uh, that uh, were brought up by members of the committee, members of the design review committee, uh, precedent buildings that we thought were important to look at. We looked at building materials that responded to what we heard from the committee and the community, um, taking um, into consideration longevity. This is a municipal building, so we wanted durable materials that will last and will serve the fire department and the community well, uh, that were aesthetically pleasing and met with the goals of the committee and uh, the town. And then sustainability is also very important uh, to uh, this design and to all the designs uh, that we do in our office. We presented multiple elevation studies to the building committee. Uh, we had over several meetings, we had uh, lots of discussion and uh, settled on the uh, design that we're going to show you today at this meeting. When we design, we really try to design for a unified whole of the building. We look into um, all sides of the building. We don't just have a facade at front and then wrap the building with something else in the back. We want to make sure that it's a unified design and that it represents the uh, operational needs uh, of the fire department, that it provides the comforts that the fire department uh, firefighters deserve, that it meets all aesthetic expectations, and that it contributes to the um, energy goals for the building. Um, these we looked at with the Design Review Committee previously in the joint meeting. We looked at precedent studies for um, a number of buildings around um, 
the town. The public buildings we looked at were the, the library, which has um, some beautiful old arches in the front of the building, and then the addition in the back, which is a very sympathetic um, modern um, addition to the historic library. Uh, the town office building, which has some lovely art deco details with the, the curving canopy, some light fixtures, um, some lovely details there. Other town buildings that we looked at, we looked at your schools. I'm just going to grab my laser pointer here so we can point to some things as we talk. Um, some gentle arching canopies, some semicircular arches in the police station. Uh, we looked at uh, pitched roofs, flat roofs, all represented on buildings in your community. We looked at window patterns where we have large openings with smaller openings above them and um, building trim, uh, dividing the window patterns, all as precedents as we developed our design. Other town buildings we looked at were the existing and the old fire station and the uh, old town hall building. And industrial and commercial buildings um, around town were other precedents that we looked at. Um, we do have a training and hose tower in this building. So we were looking for examples of towers um, in Northborough. We saw spires at churches and monuments that provided um, inspiration, as well as the um, aqueduct provided excellent um, examples of arches. Uh, the aqueduct has semicircular arches as well um, uh, as segmental arches in it, two different arch styles that we looked at as we uh, proceeded with design. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the site design right now. Uh, as we were looking at placing the building on the site, one of the really important things uh, was to separate the parking to try to promote safety for the public parking and movement for the uh, emergency response vehicles. Um, the building is set so that we have staff parking on the east side of the apparatus bay. There are 23 parking spaces for the staff. There are 30 parking spaces for the guests. Those are on the west side of the building, um, separated, again, for safety, both with access out to uh, West Main Street here and here. There is a retaining wall that wraps around the back of the site to uh, contain the hillside. Uh, there are plantings that uh, we will talk about that um, are all designed to promote safety and um, uh, preserve sight lines coming out of the building for emergency response vehicles. Um, and uh, the apparatus bay and the building really dictated where the uh, building was going to be set on the site so that we could have adequate space on the apparatus apron, I'm sorry, the apparatus apron for trucks to come in off Main Street and then uh, turn and back in from the apron um, and not have to go out into traffic on West Main Street. The only truck that will have to go out onto West Main Street as it backs into the station is the ladder truck uh, due to the length of that. But all the other trucks should be able to make that turn on the apron and not have to go out into uh, Main Street. Um, this is uh, a little bit more about the, the details and the parking materials and we can talk about there is a uh, stop sign proposed for the public as they exit um, out of the parking area onto West Main Street. We have granite curbing proposed around all of the um, parking and, uh, and driveway areas. Uh, there are aprons that will be uh, concrete aprons for the fire truck apparatus that will support the fire truck apparatus. We're proposing concrete sidewalks. Stormwater treatment we're looking at. Um, we're proposing some stormwater retention areas on the site. 
Um, grading is something we're still developing, but uh, as you can see, there are some um, grades back here that significant grades that need to be held back by this retaining wall. The retaining wall itself will be a delegated design, meaning that um, we will specify a product and the engineering will be done by the manufacturer. We are uh, discussing that with several manufacturers now. The design is ongoing and we're trying to get um, feedback from them about what would be feasible um, if we were to look at something like terracing um, or, or not. So we, those conversations are ongoing. Uh, we have a transformer and a generator and dumpster locations. Uh, right now we're showing them here. The fire department has requested that we provide a uh, driveway access between these two uh, parking areas for fire personnel only. So we'd be looking probably to relocate these items um, in future submissions. Um, but we will also have a dumpster enclosure. Uh, right now we're showing a dumpster enclosure back here, which will be fenced in um, to uh, enclose the, the dumpster. The plantings, as I said, are all uh, designed to promote safety and maintain line of sight at all times. It was really important to the operations of the fire department that when the emergency response vehicles were leaving the apparatus aprons here, that they have a very clear line of sight down West Main Street in either direction. So they requested that any plantings of height be held back so that they can have that clear line of sight. Uh, we do have some trees and ornamental trees tucked in against the building and then behind the building as well, um, but everything else in front of the building would be uh, low growth shrubs, ornamental grasses, perennials. Um, we do have flowering shrubs, um, possibly some vines along the back of the building cascading down the retaining wall to soften um, the look of that uh, retaining wall. Um, those plantings will be further developed as we develop the retaining wall design. We will be having a flagpole uh, in the front of the building. Site lighting, we are working on developing as well. That is going to be really um, something that we need to coordinate with the retaining wall design. We're showing some pole fixtures back here. Um, we are not sure if it's gonna be possible to hang lights off of the retaining wall. That's something we're looking at with the manufacturer. Um, or if we will be uh, pulling that wall back a little bit to create a buffer and put some uh, light poles uh, between the parking areas and the retaining wall. Those are things that need to be reviewed and discussed more. We're showing some benches by the front entry for public to um, sit and, and rest. Um, there will be a sign out in front of the fire station building. The department in town have requested that we have a sign um, that can also be a message board to announce uh, town events and emergency events. Um, so there will likely be a, a, a request for an LED um, sign to go out front. And we talked a little bit about stormwater and the dumpster already. The floor plans um, have been, as I said, developed in um, conjunction with the fire department to meet their operation needs. Um, all of the fire department operations are on the east side, um, this pink color here. There are six apparatus bay doors facing both the north and the south. Uh, this really aids in the vehicular movement so that trucks can um, exit from both sides of the building. Um, and not have to worry about uh, juggling vehicles and trying to get them all out on one side um, out to Main Street. 
the fire department administrative areas are all on the west side of the building. The main entrance right here faces West Main Street, and all of the public spaces are located off of this main entrance lobby. All the uh, spaces in blue are, are public-facing spaces, including the uh, training and EOC room. The second floor has all of the fire department living areas, and those are all located on the west side of the building. There's no direct public access to the fire department living areas. Those would only be um, if someone was allowed up there by the firefighters and they would access it by the elevator or the stairs. Uh, staff uh, can get to the apparatus bays in an emergency response, either by uh, going down one of the two stairs located here or here, or there is a fire pole in the building that will allow them um, direct access into the apparatus bays in an emergency. We also have some outdoor areas uh, for the firefighters. Off of the kitchen and day room, there's an outdoor terrace where they could have uh, a grill or an outdoor seating uh, for dining. There's also a roof terrace area off of the fitness room where they uh, can work out. These are some of the neighboring sites and businesses. I know the committee was interested in having some photographs of those that we looked at during design. We've got the bank, the Dunkin' Donuts across the street, some of the other neighboring businesses that we were looking at. Um, and as we started developing the design, there was a lot of interest in incorporating arches, um, both we heard that from the community and we heard that from the committee. We spent a bit of time looking at various um, arches and construction techniques and what that would mean for a, a building that's gonna be constructed um, the way that we propose to construct this. We looked at um, segmental arches, at semicircular arches, at multi-centered arches, lots of different arch types. We looked at how the construction would be accomplished uh, with steel framing supporting the masonry um, and looked at different flashing methods. And we'll continue to do that as we move forward with the design. When we presented the first round of designs to the committee and we started looking at these masonry products and, and arches and all, um, there was a lot of discussion about H.H. Richardson, uh, who was a prominent American architect in the 1800s. He was the uh, architect of Trinity Church in Boston. He's done lots or did lots of public architecture throughout New England, lots of libraries that we're showing down at the bottom here, just a, a few Ames Library in Northeastern and Wynn Library in Woburn, and Converse Library in Malden. Um, and there was um, a suggestion that we um, look at H.H. Uh, Richardson for inspiration. Um, a lot of his buildings feature these uh, very prominent arches marking the main entrance into the building. Um, so we looked at those he, um, and he had other arches that he would use in his architecture to highlight other things. So you can see there are a number of semi-circular semi arches at, at main entrances and then these segmental grand arches that are shown in other uh, places um, as well. Um, as other arch designs that he used. So we looked at all of that for different inspiration. We looked at the way he used different masonry products, the way he used uh, banding uh, courses to tie together different elements of the building, uh, the way that he used window patterns. The windows really uh, reflect the functions that are going on beyond them. So it's not the same window pattern um, repeated across the building. Uh, windows are grouped together and reflect uh, what's happening in the spaces beyond and the, and the functions back there. So you see small windows at the top of the building and larger windows depending on uh, what's happening um, behind.
And that was how we came to uh, the current design. We showed a number of options to the committee. This was the option that was unanimously selected by the committee to uh, proceed with design. Uh, we incorporated um, a semicircular, I'm sorry, not a semicircular, a segmental arch at the main entry to mark the entry. We recessed the uh, glass entry behind that to give some depth to the facade. Uh, we repeated those um, segmental arches over the apparatus bay doors, grouping together the doors to break down the massing of the apparatus bays into a couple um, of components. Uh, we looked at banding courses that incorporated those arches and then continued around the building um, with material changes uh, below those uh, banding courses noted at the entry, as well as at the uh, training and hose tower and the apparatus space support spaces. Uh, we have uh, base courses in the building that again are another material and that continues around the building. Um, we looked at breaking down the facade in smaller components, pushing and pulling the facade to try to break down the massing um, to uh, fit in with the surrounding environments. And then we looked at uh, varying the window patterns as well. How could we develop interesting window groupings and sort of take inspiration from what we saw with um, um, large expanses of glass and smaller uh, pieces of glass above that divided um, by uh, different materials, um, grouping them in, in large groupings where we have large public spaces, smaller groupings where we have smaller, um, more private spaces behind them. And then we are also proposing um, a clock on the training and hose tower uh, that would be um, something for uh, municipal enjoyment and use. Um, we have pitched roofs over the administrative wing, and then we're proposing a flat roof over the apparatus bays um, with um, uh, mon roof monitors, pitched roof monitors would be over that flat roof. Those would have um, a vertical surface of glass that would allow natural light deep into the apparatus bays, and then the sloped roof surface could be used for solar panels. Um, this is the view of West Main Street with some of the neighboring um, building masses shown for reference. You can see the retaining wall behind the building um, and then uh, the bank and other buildings around. Um, and this is the west elevation uh, where we have the training room on the, the first floor, uh, bunk rooms up above, offices, and um, the kitchen and day room. This is the southwest elevation uh, view from the parking area. You can see one of those roof decks off of the day room that would be available for the firefighters use. And the east elevation is primarily, this is the apparatus support spaces here. So there's a lot of storage behind that wall. For the south elevation, this is the elevation that faces the parking area. Um, we continue the banding and the different masonry products. We continue the window patterns. The apparatus bays, we were proposing um, not incorporating the arches on the back side of the building um, simply due to cost considerations, but that's something that we can continue to discuss. The southeast elevation. Um, so where we are in the uh, process right now, 
Um, we Our next meeting with the building committee is to approve the schematic design so that we can send that to a cost estimator. Um, the cost estimate will then take uh, several weeks to produce and we hope to have um, a schematic cost estimate to produce or to present to the committee at the end of February. Um, we still have uh, more design review meetings with you to continue and uh, address any issues that are noted today. And then we'll need to be going to the zoning board and the planning board. And we have plans for an additional community information session moving forward. That is the end of my presentation. Thank you so much. That was great. Um, the way we go forth after this in our meetings is um, I'm going to reach out to staff. I know Lori, you sent out a letter yesterday and it has a checklist of like 15 items. And um, usually the applicant will look at those and decide, you know, if they want to follow them or ask for a waiver. Um, is there anything you'd like to mention, Lori, or they just got it so they can come back to us at the next meeting? Uh, the only thing I'm, I'm curious about is um, actually two things. One is, could you point out on the schematic where uh, the rooftop solar panels would be possible? And the second thing is, I know you mentioned possible possibility of having some sort of vines cascading down from the retaining wall. Uh, have you also given thoughts to maybe terracing at the highest point uh, to kind of break up the mass? Um, yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, let me try to go back. It doesn't seem to want to go back here. Um, for, I'm going to address the um, second thing first, if that's okay, the um, harassing. Nicole uh, Capistron from PARGE could also, might also be able to respond to this, but I know she has been talking to um, the manufacturer of the um, segmental retaining wall about possibly terracing. Um, one of the issues that we're hearing from the, the manufacturer is that as you terrace, sometimes the height needs to actually increase in the wall, um, both because the grades are steeper as we go back into that hill, but also for structural reasons. So uh, we are talking to them about the possibility and we're gonna um, um, certainly look at it, um, but it's, it's, um, it's, I guess, a question of whether the wall is going to get considerably taller if we are to to do the terracing rather than just having the straight wall, something that we need to investigate more. Um, okay. Amy, another option would be to um, to slope the wall some. They have some systems where the, the blocks step back uh, about nine inches each block. So it steps back like six inches each foot. So the wall would slope at the base and the top, they'd be like a 15 foot difference that can step back for the solar panels I don't have a roof plan here to show you so I'm going to try to find the best image to give you a sense of um, what we're proposing right now on over the apparatus base here are three um, roof monitors and each of those roof monitors has 
um, a sloped roof that faces south. And so we were proposing putting solar panels there. Um, the other opportunities for solar panels, whoops, wrong direction, sorry, um, would be on the south face of the sloping roofs. Certainly, we could look at putting solar panels on uh, this, get my laser pointer back here, on this sloping roof. Uh, we have not done a solar study yet, but we can do a solar study um, and really look at uh, what would be the most effective locations and whether it would be effective to put solar panels on this roof or on the opposite side of this roof. Um, that's something that really needs to be done, but there are definitely opportunities for solar panels in various locations. Amy, if you show the view looking from the east, you can actually see the monitors. I think you uh, uh, you had it up before. There, you there go. we go. Yep, right there. Oh, Thank you. Okay. Right there. All right. Thank you very much for the um for the planning board submittal. Uh, hopefully that will be uh, firmed up a little bit more. And I would be curious as to what size solar installation you can accommodate on the roof. Okay. And if you could actually um, put that in the context of the expected use of electricity uh, for this particular property, so whether there would be like a net gain um, or whether there would be, uh, you know, kind of like a deficit in between the expected use versus uh, the power that will be generated. And I, of course, I understand it's seasonal. And also depends upon the weather, but if you could kind of base it on an annual basis, that would be helpful. Okay. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Lori. Uh, I'm going to open it up to, if we're all set with that, I'm going to open it up to comments from the design review. Um, while we have Dave, I was gonna start with landscaping. And um, can you show the landscaping while you have your screen up? Sure. I had some quick questions, so I don't mind if, um, I don't I hope you don't mind if I start. Okay. Um, what I noticed when looking at the site plan is the plantings shown along the border of that picture right there. All those plantings are within the swales, the drainage swales. So I think I, I was just wondering what type of plantings you'd be using because that, that would block up the drainage swales, the trees and the shrubs. We'll have that um, resolved for the next meeting. Um, we will plant appropriate plants uh, based on the on the hydrology of the site. Um, this was just sort of a schematic to to show that um, we're revegetating uh, the area where there will be significant grading. So. So hopefully some of the plantings will be outside of the drainage swales because, yeah. Um, also, um, this has to do with the stormwater treatment area. Have you guys looked into that? Like, is that a retention basin or 
What is that going to look like? Yeah, so there's going to be, there's, I can answer this one, Amy. Um, there are a couple different options that we're looking into right now. There's going to need to be both detention and also treatment. Those are our, our requirements just based on state requirements for stormwater. So right now we're showing a schematic of a couple of surface treatment areas, and that's what you can see on the site plan. And we're also looking into below grade, which would be those kind of larger systems that hold back the water um, in order to meet the existing conditions. Okay, that would be great. Thank you. Um, also, you talked about you're going to pave all the way around the building now. They want to connect the parking lots. Where will the snow storage go? Because right now you have the store snow storage in that location. Uh, Nicole, do you want to? Yeah, sure. Um, this is something that we're we're still looking into. Um, it kind of goes hand in hand with kind of that that site lighting location that we talked about. Um, if there is a potential for pushing the retaining wall back to give a location for those site lights, that would also be some some snow storage area. Um, or on the lower side of the wall, there's opportunities to to push that back um, to provide some some either paved area or more landscaping area where that snow storage could be possible. So we're still looking into options. Um, there's those landscape areas at the front of the site as well, but we also want to make sure it makes sense for for the use of the site and the actual maintenance. So that's what we're looking into. Okay. Um, also, will there be a fence along the top of the wall, depending on what the wall is going to be at 30 feet? Sounds like there's going to have to be a fence on top, possibly. Yeah, I think yeah. we would we would want to include a fence there. Okay, so we would want to see, like, in our next meeting or whenever it was available, the views of the wall and the fence and the types of materials used. And um, those are the questions I have about landscaping. Lisa or Dave? Well, um, I know Dave's going to talk. I, I would actually like to see an elevation of the landscaping. I mean, looking at this doesn't really give me an idea of how it's going to look from the street. Um, I don't fly over it very often. So I'd like to be able to see it from where people would see it because it's right on Route 20. Everybody will be driving by. This is something that's going to be a huge building in a space that no other building is that size. And I think that that's number one, a thing we have to see and the people have to see because they have to understand what they're, what they're going to vote for and how it's going to uh, lay on the land. Um, and then I'll let Dave talk now. We'll we'll talk about some other things. So I'll let him make his um, questions. Um, can you guys hear me okay? Mm -hmm. Yep. Can you guys hear me at all? We uh, can hear you. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. Uh, you guys kind of hit almost everything that I had. Um, definitely a... Uh, you know, listing of the plants, you know, huge section elevations, huge. The wall is going to be the biggest thing. Uh, which company you're using, how you're going to do it. Um, we definitely have issues further down the street with the wall uh, that definitely I don't want to see here again. Um, the snow issue is huge. Uh, I don't see, Nicole, how you're talking, putting it in front, because we just talked about how we have a view issue with the fire trucks pulling out. I don't know where you're going to put it in front and you know, you need view there. So I, I don't know where you're talking about putting it in front. Um, so that's a huge issue to me. I, I don't know where you're coming up with that or where you're going to put it. Um, 
So I, I don't know what you're going to do with that. One of my, not a solution, but I think one of the ads that you need to do here or a, a suggestion, uh, which I think the uh, firefighters would definitely like, is possibly a heated apron in front of that front door there, uh, going right to the street. Definitely, I've seen that before. It's it's a huge uh, help for those guys. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just a suggestion. I don't know if it's in the budget or whatever, but I think that's a great idea for them. Um, I don't know if that's going to help you for snow melting in the back rather than bringing a melter and it is a slow melt, but I've seen that done before. Um, and or working with the DPW to get this thing snow off site is a possible solution. Um, but uh, you have a tight spot there, even moving that wall, you know, you're not going to gain enough to come up with a viable snow solution here. I think you're going to have to haul off site. Uh, that's just my two cents from what I see here. Um, I'm thoroughly involved in snow removal, even from down here, but um, I think that's what you're going to end up doing um, for a big storm anyways. So I think that's uh, a phone call you're going to have to make and try to arrange accordingly. Um, again, with the snow melt out front, you have to deal with the drain out there, which goes into the drainage system. Um, obviously you can have an inside drain for, um, oil, whatever. We didn't get into that, but I'm sure it's there. I just want to see that as well. Um, the wall, when you're talking on lighting, you, you know, for downlighting off of a wall, all those type of retaining walls, whether it's Unilock or whoever, I'm not sure who you're dealing with. They all have to be set back, you know, and, um, they have to be engineered, which you're obviously doing. Are you trying to light the parking lot or you're trying to light the wall? I'm not exactly sure when you were talking lighting what you're going for. So I don't know. What are you guys trying to do with the lighting on the wall? Uh, I, I think what we were thinking was if we were to terrace it, we might be able to find a way to put um, parking lighting in the wall. But as I say, it's something we're just starting to look at. Um, and, um, you know, whether it's even feasible with the wall, we're not sure. <clears throat> okay. Um, I, I'll let you go ahead and see what you can do with that. It's no problem. David, um, just to, if I could comment on your 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 question or your comment about the heated yeah. apparatus, uh, the heated uh, apron that is in the plan, both front and back. That is in the plan. Yes. Quick question: How far is okay, heated? Good. Does it go all the way from the doors to the street, and the doors to the wall, like, or no. will it go all the way through the parking lot? No, it's not all the way out. Uh, uh, Mark, do you know what the the distance was? Wait, um, so are, you, are you asking the, the distance the heating is going to go? Yeah. Yes, on the, the, the we talked about heating the apron. I can't remember how far out we talked. If it was 25 feet or I don't, do you remember what it was? I, I, I don't recall what the distance is. I don't remember if we came up with a, a final determination. We've done different ways. Um, typically, we have a concrete apron that's, you know, between 10 and 20 feet and then asphalt beyond that. We can include the snow melt just in the concrete apron. It can go beyond into the asphalt. I think it's a discussion that we still um, need to have with the, um, with the committee and with the fire department about what will work best and then look at the cost implications. Yeah, I, I highly recommend that. And the projects I've been involved, the longer the better. It's easier for you guys. It's it's phenomenal. Um, let's see. Your roof deck up top. Um, again, 
depending on how that wall goes and where we set up for landscape, I, I would definitely recommend some sort of a shading up top there for you guys. Uh, otherwise, no one will ever use it. I've seen this in project and project and different restaurants and rooftop restaurants where they've been designed with no shade. Um, some shading up top would be great, whether it's done with, um, you know, shading that comes off of the building, uh, which is my favorite, or, you know, separate shading with um, tables and whatever. Um, not my favorite because in a windstorm, they go flying. Um, but uh, something to look at, I'll let you guys investigate that. Um, and then uh, there was snow and everything else that I had for notes here. So we're pretty good. That's what I got. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Um, no problem. Sorry if anything's here. My internet down here. It held on while you gave Terrible. the comment, so that's great. It's breaking up now, though. Um, all right, I'm going to start in with some of the site plan questions now that I had. Um, starting on page C300 on the first page, there are two dark lines in the driveways near the street. Can you just tell me what those lines represent? Those are I for just didn't know if they were setbacks. For a crosswalk. Oh, they're crosswalks. Yep. Okay. Also, um, I understand they're schematic designs, but at the next meeting, we'll get a plan that shows dimensions of the buildings. There were no width, depth, height of the buildings. I guess there was some height, there was some elevations, but there's nothing about the width and the depth of the building. And I can see the east setback is 57 feet, but there was no number for the west side setback. Um, we can, we can do how that. far back is the apparatus bay from the street? So if you, I'm not sure if you can zoom in, Amy, um, but it's 71 feet from the edge of pavement. Um, the property line is further in from the existing. So that's where you're getting that 56 setback is from the property line and that 71 foot setback is from okay. the edge of pavement yeah. there. Yeah, I saw those numbers. I was just curious where the numbers were from. Um, and the width of the building, that's about 230 feet. Is that what you guys had said before? Mark, do you have that? I think that was about right. Give me one minute here. Yeah, from our site plan, I'm seeing about 230. Yes, two, two, about approximately 230 feet. Long. Okay. Yes. So the width is pretty long. With the confines and size of the site, you know, I really thought the two-story or three-story building where they built up was a good way to do the building. But I understand that the building committee has favored this um, one story with the the second floor for the dormitory. Um, with that one story, does that leave like less room for expansion? Because now you're surrounded by a wall and say they ever wanted to add in to uh, expand to like the police public safety type of building or any type of expansion, you're pretty much going to be held to this footprint with the wall around the outside. Um, yeah, so when we looked at the design of the building, as I said, we 
looked 40 years out. We had, those were the conversations that we had with the fire department. Um, they looked at uh, their projected staffing and equipment and operations. And we did um, design into the building, um, accommodating um, those operations looking 40 years out. Um, we didn't have conversations about adding a police station onto the um, building in the future. That really wasn't part of our, our discussion. Um, it would be, even with the um, three-story scheme, I don't think that you would have room um, to add on without building up into the hillside. Um, so I suppose there could be the possibility of um, building a second building up into the hillside, but we have not looked at that. Yep. Okay. Um, well, three people so far have mentioned moving the training room into a lower level, not below the apparatus bay, but below the um admin side of the building is that something that would be possible to try to save space on the west side of the building which would um give more room for snow storage and also might be able to move the parking and um save like wall space on the back i i, I can speak to that from an operations point of view uh putting a training training room below ground is not really optimal uh, now, now you're in a training room with uh, with no windows. You have egress issues if we have 75 people in there. Now we have to set up a, a, a second way of egress on that. Um, it, it really does not benefit us, benefit us or the community to bury that. No, there are a lot of community um, like training rooms and conference rooms. So I didn't know how much this was really going to be used for the community. If it's such a, those fire station is going to be well over 600 you know dollars per square foot i would think um this would be based on fire station needs mostly and um i don't know they talk about i think you guys were talking about fema and mima and a lot of times they have bunkers so i didn't know if uh it made a lot of sense to put some of it on the lower level to try to save room on this space yeah it's an interesting comment mima actually does have a bunker and uh in Framingham, and they have tried numerous times to get out of that bunker and mm -hmm. make it up uh, to, to make it uh, just a regular building up and out. They haven't had any luck with that. So uh, I see Bob had or Bob had his hand raised. I don't know if he had a comment about the uh, in the basement. Yeah, if, if I could, um, Amy. Um, sure. One of the things about you know, aside from operational standpoints, um, uh, if you go subgrade. You have to make that handicapped accessible, so you're increasing costs with uh, at least one additional stairway, and the elevator has to go all the way to the bottom. Um, uh, when just a side note, um, when Grafton built their fire station, I was the vice chairman of the building committee at that point. Um, the question arose: um, the training room or the conference room or whatever. How often does that get used? Um, it gets used all the time, and it also gets used by you know, the scouts and things like that. Um, one of the things that I know Grafton does is that in the event of a um, big emergency where the, you know, where the, where the emergency uh, director has to, you know, start running the town, um, that room is key to being, being able to, um, to provide space for all the other people and components that need to operate the town in the event of a disaster. And you want that at grade level. Um, in addition to that, uh, your HVAC uh, going underground is going to create issues as well, both in terms of heating and cooling, but also in terms of 
uh, dehumidic dehumidification and mold. Uh, you, you really want to keep the water out of there. Thank you. Oh, that's right, because there's a lot of water that comes down that hill that was talked about before. So if it went underground, there'd be water problems, more water problems. Okay. I find that I have a room in my house below the ground, and I don't even have to turn on the heating and cooling just because of the way it, it is underground. So, but I just wanted to bring that forward because I know three people had questioned it. I thought it was a great idea. Um, also, the footprint on page C300 says 22,000 square feet. Um, I tried to do some rough estimates, and I came up with like closer to 30,000 square feet. Does that 22,000 square feet include the second floor? That The 22,000 square feet is needs to be updated. That's not the current. Um, it is closer to 30,000 square feet now. Okay. Yeah, that's what I came up with numbers, 30,000 square feet. Um, and this might be a question for the chief, but in 2019, the building was 26,400, and now it's closer to 30,000 square feet. And if you put the two designs side by side, you can see why it's going back into the hill now, because the building looks like it's been pushed back further and it's expanded in the footprint size. I was just wondering um, why it's gone from 26,400 up to 30,000 square feet. Because what the changes were yeah it's pretty easy the building that from the feasibility study was just that it's a it's a draft building there was no um there was no uh a site survey there was no uh there wasn't a final design we weren't in schematic designs it was just a conceptual design once you go from conceptual and you start looking at exactly what you need it does tend to change and that's what happened okay Sounds like they probably should have back then because back then they were saying it didn't need a wall and it, it made it the site work better. It was like a good site for that size building and the location. But now that it's grown. It's still a good site for us. We, we, we were happy with it. Yep. It's just going to add to the, the cost for the taxpayers. Um, also, the parking lot before wasn't going around the back. So the parking lot right now for the for the um public ended and then um now it's wrapping around the back which also is taking up space and pushing the wall back i just wanted to note that i had thought if the training room went underneath and the parking lot in the back went away then you would have less of a need for a wall also um one other thing would you look at cow wall versus the roof monitors? Cow wall is, could be more affordable and it might not have as many areas where it can leak. It's been used for a lot of years. And I actually have a picture I could share screen if people don't know what cow wall is. Actually, do you mind stopping sharing and I'll show a picture? Sure. Okay. just let me get it to the right page okay so cal wall can everybody see my screen yes so cal wall is like a really big 
Skylight. This is Roach Brothers in Westboro. So next time you go to Roach Brothers in Westboro, look up when you're in the vegetable section and their whole roof there is made out of a cow wall and it, it lets the lighting in. And I didn't know if that would be something that they would be looking at um, along with the roof monitors. Cause it sounds like the roof monitors have to be built specifically for the building. And it seems like there might be more chances for like maintenance issues and yeah, they um, we are looking at different glazing products right now uh, for the roof monitors. Uh, we don't uh, tend to use Calwall, honestly. Um, it is a it's a Calwall is a brand name. Um, it is a fiberglass panel product. A lot of the fiberglass panel products um, do have issues over time with yellowing um, and really decreasing the amount of natural light that gets into the space over time. Um, one of the challenges that we have with a public building and Massachusetts public bid laws is that we have to have three equal products that we specify for um, every product that we incorporate into the building. So um, it's one of the challenges as we look at, you know, both the retaining wall and, and something like this, we can't say that we're going to use this one particular product. We have to make sure that there are other products that we can um, specify that are, would be just as acceptable for the building. Um, there are polycarbonate glazing systems that we have used in this application before, which are very similar. They create the diffuse light um, that you see, like similar to what you're showing in the cow wall here. Um, they're also a very durable uh, product and offer um, high insulation values. So we're looking at all of that right now. We have a new energy code in Massachusetts. And so mm -hmm. any of the products that we put into the building, um, we have to make sure that they you know, contribute to the overall um, energy efficiency in order to meet the requirements of the energy code. And all of that's what we're investigating right now as we move through schematic design. Okay. Thank you. Um... I had one quick thing about the clock. I don't know if people are sold on the clock. I don't know if that adds maintenance, but I was wondering if it would look good with the um the Northborough firefighter symbol up there, you know, their emblem, if they're going to have that anywhere on the building, if the clock, you know, added a lot of price, maybe like an emblem would go there. I'm not sure if they've thought about that. Um. One thing I noticed, and I know it's schematic, so you're still working on the designs, is that when I looked at the windows and um, some of the windows and the building elevations didn't match the plan. So like when you looked at the outside location of the windows, it didn't match where it was sitting on the inside. And um, I just wanted to, I'm sure you guys are still working on the placement of the windows. So, but it might not look exactly the same, like on the back, side you have um going off of the kitchen yeah. onto the terrace it's all windows and there's no door there yeah um it's a little bit of the design process and how we we work with different software products and uh we're it is schematic design and we're sort of marrying it all together now so hopefully in the next submission that will all be coordinated and and um the plants okay. will match the elevations yeah. yeah some of the banding too i love the banding but some of the banding it wasn't the same on all four sides, like of the of the host tower. And I had a question about the host tower. Like, why is it so wide? Like some of the host towers are more of a square where this is a re rectangular. It goes really far back and it, is it to do with the stairs? It, it is, it's to do with the stairs and the operations and how they're gonna be training in that space, how to get the um, 
it's just the layout of the stairs, how to get from the the floor to floor. And then at the second floor level, there is um, a landing where they can um, uh, enter into the tower and, and do training exercises and all. Um, it's just, you know, how it laid out to meet those operational needs. Mm -hmm. And the 58 feet, that's for operational needs too. It, I'm just trying to think of ways, you know, because I know all of this is going to be super expensive. Not that they don't deserve it. And I'm just wondering, you know, when it comes to town meeting, there are going to be questions about, you know, money. Yeah. So, so does the tower have to be 58? Uh, so the fire department uses 100 foot long hoses and the hoses get folded in half when they're hung over um, the the system um, that they hang from to dry. So you have to have the 50 foot length for the hose to actually hang. And then the additional height provides for someone to be up at that upper level um, and standing underneath the structure. So that's that's how we get to that height. Okay. Is that where the hoses will be stored? I noticed in the 2019 design next to the hose tower, there was a room for hose storage, which I thought was a great layout. But now the hose storage room is now for reports. There's reports on it. Will the hoses be stored by hanging them in the tower and leaving them? Or do you take them down once they dry and store them? They get rolled up once they're dry and stored. Okay. And there's a room for those off of the apparatus bay now? It'll be stored in the bottom of the hose tower. We'll have rack. We have racks on ours now. It'll be the same thing. Okay. All right. Um, what are the materials that you have surrounding the apparatus bay doors? I know there's a green black material. I don't know if you've locked in on what type of materials that would be. We're still honestly looking at that. Um, it will be likely a panel product. It might be a, a metal cladding or a, a cementitious product, but we're still looking at options for that. Um, in my opinion, I would keep it the same as the brick because that wall there, like the way we're looking at the picture now, it looks like those doors are set back, but they're not, right? That's all the same facade, the same the scale on the front. No, the intent is to set them back some. We have not um, detailed that yet and figured out exactly how it's going to be constructed. So the plan doesn't reflect the setback, but the intent is for those to be set back a little. This is a picture that I had shared. I would still like to go back and see the six arches. I feel it looks more classic. I feel the two arches is more of a contemporary look because it's an expression of the arches. And here there's no green black materials i feel it's a more classic look to keep it the brick and i like the red doors and i know people have said it's busy but natick has five and this is another one where they have the red doors and they have five i think there's a way you could do it with the arches and i would stay away from the other green black material Actually, when I was looking up the landscape architect, I looked up and it came up with Google with his with his location. And here's a building across the street from his office. And look at there's like 24 arches on that building. So I just feel like like the arches could be still done. And I'd like to know if at the next meeting, if you could just bring up an example of what it would look like. Here's one that you had brought before and it has the brick and the arches, I still think it's a great look and a classic look for the downtown. And um, 
like this is a chance this is going to be the showcase building in the new downtown and it'd be great to have a nice classic look but um i think you know it's it's going in the right direction i think it looks good i like some of the banding but i'm going to open it up to like lisa and dave right now to see if they have any questions Okay, thank you. Um, of course, I love that picture with the, the natick, which shows the the surround of the doors being a contrast, a nice contrast. So whether that's um, a concrete poured or what have you to make that whitish uh, color against the red brick. And I'm hoping that, you know, once we see what's specified that we have red brick and not orange brick or colors of different brick. I think again, that's not a classic look. Um, I do agree with the red of the doors. I think that's that's a classic fire color. Um, and obviously the, the third picture up that we show on the screen right now is a very nice look. Um, certainly the, the banding around the doors with the arch aren't as thick as the one in, um, in the Natick picture, but um, I think that is, again, more classic, even the banding being light and with a, a cornice on top. Uh, more classic looking. Um, I agree that this is this is going to be something that is going to be here. It's it's a very very it's not very it's huge it's huge in the area that it's going to be put, and I think that we have to actually show more of that um, elevation. I don't think people understand how big this is going to be and next to each other, not in the drawing that you've done, but actual three-dimensional look. I know that the computers can do that. And I hope in the next time we come around, that'll be there. Um, and I, I hope we are gonna get some arches in the doors and the windows. I mean, we talked about that and I hope that's not set aside because that is the one combination of things throughout the town is the arches. I certainly don't wanna have a, an institutional look, uh, everything uh, with, the, with the thought of uh, an expression of, of something that um, should be a, a pretty well, this is what a classic uh, fire station looks like. Um, I do want to go back to talk about the wall and about what's going to happen when we're working on the site, because I think that's a really important um, aspect of this lot. Um, again, when we first saw it, we didn't know that there was going to be a retaining wall. Then there was just a straight retaining wall, and now there's a U-shaped retaining wall. Part of that retaining wall is going to um, abut the, uh, what is it, 73 West Main Street, the hillside grill, which also has a, a good portion of this hill carved out. And so the side, the west side of the fire station and the east side of hillside grill are gonna come together. How have you designed that so that their area is not gonna be compromised and it's going to look somewhat conforming to each other. Is it gonna be a step down? Is it gonna be the same level as theirs being cut out? Um, that hasn't been shown, or I don't even know if it's been a thought of design yet. Um, I'm concerned that the ledge that's there, and if it has to be blasted to go in, what it's going to affect. I, I, I guess they must do testing for that. I'm not sure how that's, that's even um, approached, but, uh, every house on the hill up there has a well. Um, they also have a fire suppression unit with their um, houses. There's a water tank up on the hill. Um, 
the trees that are in the land, all of those are going to be uh, under some sort of scrutiny and, and need to be, if in fact this blasting that if it has to be done will create the cracking of the wells, the, the, you know, the trees, uh, the root systems may be compromised. The, the foundations of the home above the hill might be compromised. Even across the street, the Dunkin' Donuts might have to have their windows taken out if the blast is big, because I understand the ledge up there is a, a certain type of ledge that's not easily used with a jackhammer. Um, Lisa, I just want to speak to your blasting comments. Yeah. Uh, we did look back to see if any blasting permits were pulled when the hillside was put in and there were no blasting permits pulled. So I don't think they did any blasting there. And no one recalls any details there. As far as blasting, it's all done according to the uh, laws of the Commonwealth. And uh, much of the belief of the damage from blasting is damage that was pre-existing, wasn't caused by the blasting. I've been doing blasting laws for a long time and uh, that would all be checked out via uh, pre-blast surveys and, and stuff like that. So um, if blasting had to happen, um, it would be done appropriately. All right, well, it obviously has to be, but what? who's gonna be responsible for the repairs of what happens from it? So again, I don't know if it has to be because I don't know what's back there. Again, we, we didn't see any blasting permits done for the other site next to it. So I don't even know if blasting needs to be done. If the blasting companies have liability insurance, they do pre-blast surveys based on state law. And then if there's a file, if, if there's a complaint, that damage occurred, an investigation is done to see if it was caused by the blasting or wasn't caused by the blasting, and then it's covered under their insurances. So their insurance will, will make these neighbors whole, is what you're saying? Only if the blasting was, only if the damage was caused by, what can be proved to be have been caused by the blasting. So, so then the homeowners, I guess, on the fence for proving what their, what their wells and everything were like before this was all all being done because they'd have to have a starting point for the insurance company to say it was or wasn't caused. No, that's part of the pre-blast survey. So that's a requirement for certain, if you're within a certain distance from any blasting, you have to have, it, you're offered a pre-blast survey. If the homeowner turns it down, that's their option. If the homeowner accepts it, the insured, the blasting company does a pre-blast survey and finds if there's a crack in a wall, finds if there's an issue with the well, finds all that stuff beforehand normally. All right. So that when do the neighbors get to hear about this? Have they already been contacted or not? Uh, we don't even know if blasting has to happen. So we there would be no contact at all. There isn't a butters letter that's been uh, drafted that will be going out to a butters in the area. Um, that was just drafted recently, and I'm in the process of uh, finishing that up. Um, but as far as blasting, we, we there's no need to reach out to anyone until we know whether or not we have to do it. And then if it does have to be done, the blasting company takes care of all of that. Okay. Lisa, if, if the other thing is blasting would be the last resort, they come in before, like if we had to do a site like this, we would come in and we would come in with a, a machine with a hammer and we would have to hammer first before we would even go to blasting. That blasting would be our last resort that we would ever want to do. Right. Right. No, I agree. But I think it, I think that it, for the considering the hill and the and the height and everything else and the the past history on that land, <clears throat> I I don't think it's you know I don't think it's a minimal thought. I think it's something that we have to be prepared for, 
And right, but one of the things that, that he just said is when you look at Hillside, they didn't pull any blasting permits, which is an indication that they got away without blasting, which means they probably hammered that whole hill down, which is a good sign. Yeah, because of the type of ledge, correct? Right, and most of what, what you know, I've run into in Northboro is very shaly and it breaks apart pretty easily, which is nice. I mean, not to say we haven't blasted before, but most of it, it, it breaks apart nicely. You know, I'm not going to say it's all like that, but you know, if you get lucky, which you may, you know, yep. that's what we're hoping. I mean, they're helping. I'm not doing this project, but that's what they're hoping for. Right. Well, I can understand that. And I'm speaking too. I mean, I'm I'm speaking some questions from different residents that have had those concerns who live up on the hill because the trees. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Trees in the back of their homes, because when you're up on Liberty Drive, um, right. We don't want any of those wells going south because that they're all on wells. Absolutely. And not just the wells, the tree, the tree line themselves gives a buffer. So they right. don't see Route 20. But if you take those trees away, you see Route 20, you see Hillside, you see Duncan. And they don't have any land to build their own um, a buffer zone anymore because of the way that mountain and they were built on that mountaintop. Yeah, I mean, those those properties, you know, the, the buffer behind them, if I from what I call from working on one of those homes, it's very small behind them, right. not a lot of land. Right. So we really have to be concerned about that as well and what's going to happen with that, because, you know, those homes have, you know, it's, they they deserve to be able to live the way they did live when they bought the homes. I agree. That's, that's huge. Um, yep. And I think that the... You know, not being able to see the type of a wall it's going to be, not be able to see the fencing that's going to be on the wall, not to be able to actually get a good understanding of it. I think at some point we have to see that so that people do know pretty much what's going on. Right, that's, that was my point. That wall is huge. I, I need to know everything about that wall, or I would like to know everything about that wall, you know, as soon as possible, because that, that's the biggest thing, right. without a doubt. And then driving into it and parking into it. I know that when I've gone up to the other other business and going up the hill and parking in a in an area where that kind of a wall is around me is very it's uncomfortable. It just is. It's like uh, I can't even explain how I feel other than I don't go up very often to the other building because I don't feel comfortable in there. Right. Uh, the the amount of water too that's coming off the hill and what I hear is great. Um, so that retention, retention uh, system and everything, we really need to see how that's going to work. How, how does that, you know, once the tree lines and the roots and everything, do they get into a system like that? Can there be problems? Because if we're looking 40 years down the road, uh, things are going to change time, you know, weathers, whatever's happening, those trees are going to start to get old, uh, or get to a point where they may get diseased. And then we have even more water coming off the hill their roots will be gone but uh Amy dunlap what's our what's the elevation difference there for that wall what are we talking um i'm sorry the elevation difference from the top of the wall to the um to, to the bottom to the like, parking. What, are, what are we talking on that wall um nicole can i ask yeah. you do you have that data yeah it's about 30 feet in the highest corner um, so it's it's a big wall in that high corner, and then it goes down as you move to the east. Um, right. So it's that that southwest corner that's the highest where you're. And into then, the hillside how far back is the property line? Is you know how much how much property do we have? 
Um, where the wall is, it's about 200 feet back from the property line. Is there any way to re-engineer this without a wall and trying to grade it back and trying to redo this in a different way? So with the with the parking for the program needs, um, that's kind of what's pushing us into the hillside. And um, because the hillside just goes up, you're, you kind of end up chasing up the hill. So the further you go, um, you're just chasing that grade back up the hill. Right. But you is there any know. way to re-engineer it a little differently, doing, you know, smaller walls and trying to, re, you know, kind of look at it from outside the box? Yep. I'm not going to so, tell you how to do it, but just kind of look at it in a different way. Yeah, and that's what, what Amy mentioned in the presentation. We're looking at options for terracing. Um, again, structurally, that's going to require you to kind of set those walls back further, and then you end up with overall a higher wall. So it might be four or 10-foot walls instead of one 30-foot wall. Um, so those right. are definitely I'm not, I'm not saying to do wall, you know, terrace, but I'm talking a, a wall here, go back 50 feet, do another, you know, play with it. Just outside the box thinking. This is what Disney always said. There's a different way to do it. Play with it. And yep. could they cut back on some of the parking? Like if you look at 2019 here, they had the parking stopping here, where now it's going up around the back. Hey, Amy, so I'm, gonna this... have to jump, I'm gonna have to jump in again. The 2019 design is irrelevant. It was simply a conceptual design. What we really need to look at is the design we have now, which is done via with uh, site surveys and it's an accurate design uh, that would be much more accurate to look at than the 2019 design. But does it need 30 um, public parking spaces? Like they had 20. If you cut back on this parking back here, then the wall comes down. It gets rid of a lot of the problems. Well, I still think you can keep what you have for parking and just kind of play with the wall and, and how it's being played with a little bit. Just kind of play with it. Because that was their plan before to grade up into the hill when they picked the site. And you can see, like, this is the Monroe Street site right here. But now the Monroe Street site is touching the building. So it either got pushed back or or got bigger. You can see the admin area is a lot bigger. Yeah, I think, you know, as the chief said, there was no um, site survey done in 2019. They were just looking, I, I, we weren't the architects at that time. I don't know exactly what they were looking at, but I imagine they were looking at GIS, which doesn't have, um, you know, the most accurate data sometimes. And so we got a site survey and, and the grades were a little different than what was expected. We did some more in-depth programming, um, looked at constructability and all, and, and that's how the footprint changed and the parking layout and the the wall design changed. So it's just, you know, as the chief said, it's a, it's a different point in time with different levels of information that were available. Um, you know, I think if that design had progressed and once they had discovered or, or completed site survey work, they would have discovered um, that there was an issue and that they probably would have ended up with a retaining wall as well. Hmm. The building grew though, like I said before, like 4,000 square feet too. Yeah. Well, the, I think the harder thing is, is when you go to town meeting and you make a presentation of which we're going to do the same thing with this building, that you say to the public, this is what we're, this is what we have in mind. And the public trusts you um, whether or not a site survey was done. So this, this the Powala in itself is a huge change. And I think it, it 
you know, brings off an awful lot of conversation that needs to be made. Um, the the internal workings, I, I you know, I'm not, I have no problem with whatever you need for that type of a functionality of your building. But I do think the outside is important and the, and the way that it looks is important. And uh, I wanna see, uh, you know, I wanna see it from uh, an elevation where I wanna see the, the plantings coming out from the front door. I wanna see how this is all gonna actually look next to the two buildings next to it, next to the bank and next to Hillside. I don't want a photograph of the bank by itself or the building or the 73 by itself. I think that, um, you know, again, it doesn't help the viewer to understand where this is, how big this is and where it sits in the neighborhood. And that's one of the things that design review does do is, is how this is in, uh, in relationship to the neighborhood. It's not its own spot. It's in a long line of, um, buildings coming into this town town area it's um it's a really big undertaking and it's going to be here for a very long time and i think that it bears a lot of discussion um i'm going to go back to the um to the windows and what you were showing with the arches on the windows with the bricks um were you just showing that to us or is that going to be a consideration of our windows now that you are going to look at how you could put some brick arches in there with a keystone Uh, I'm sorry, were you talking about the, the drawings, like the black and white drawings that we were showing with the different styles of arches? Is that yes. Yeah, that was just something that we looked at as we were developing the design of different types of arches. And, and as I said, we looked at the semicircular arches and we looked um, at the segmental arches um, and we presented different options to the committee and we wound up with the segmental arch design that we're showing in our current scheme. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did watch that that meeting. I didn't I didn't see anything that even came close to these with a with a you know the windows and everything else with some arches on them. So um I would like to again go back and see that put in so that there is some arching in the windows and make it more as it comes around because the sides and the back of the building are totally, totally um uh modern and and very industrial looking. And I don't really want this to be an industrial look. I don't think that's what the, the people of town enjoy is seeing a lot of the buildings that may have been used for ideas. Um, I'd also like to see a cornice or, or a higher parapet so that we're not seeing those um, the windows on the top of that roof. That's even more, It's again, it's an industrial look. I think that we need to get away from that industrial look and um, make it more classic in the terms of a fire station. Certainly it's it's perfect in the terms of a warehouse. Lisa, I know at the public meeting you had mentioned these windows. Are you okay with those look? I know Norm and you had thought they looked contemporary. Yes, no, I'm not okay with them. That's why I was saying about the arches. I wanna see, I wanna see this look more classic. That's not classic. Looks like I'm either going into a, you know, warehouse or schoolroom, or uh, that's really not, you know, it's not what I had in mind for this. But I am only a, you know, person of one, and okay. and I think too that that a three dimensional look is going to help much better than what we see now in the drawings because of course your trees aren't going to be that beautiful. <laughs> They're going to be more the uh, 
trunks of them going uphill and the hill behind. So, um, so I guess, you know, I, I, just an overview, changing the getting, leaving the green, leaving metal. I don't want to see any metal necessarily on the building on the front. I don't mind a metal roof, to be honest with you, but, um, but I do think that we should go with the reds and um, I'd like to see more space above the words, the Northborough fire department, because I think um, you got to get a, a little bit better balance in the building. Okay, I'm done for now. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything, Dave? Anything more? I think it's pretty well said. Um, I think those are kind of my my points. Mm -hmm. um, pretty so, much yeah. it. I noticed the windows here have a banding above it. I don't know if these windows will also have a banding or some sort of window treatment. But I know you're still working on the windows and all the details. We are still working um, on the details. Uh, can we just ask for a little more clarification on the windows? I mean, I hear what you're saying about the arches, but um, you know, can you talk a little bit more about um, how you feel that these are um, industrial or modern um, window patterns in our design? I, I think. We're struggling with that comment. Well, yes, and I think it goes back and forth with, we do have, like in this picture that Amy's showing right now, where you've got the clock tower on the left side of that picture and the cornice above. Mm -hmm. um, so so when you get into the, the window patterns that are repetitive like you have here, um, yes, across there. It's just those are just rectangle rectangle shapes with it looks like small um, smaller panes above it, um, almost an Art Deco we look there. Um, then you take even the even the the building to the left side or the right side of this that's got the white, um, uh, yes, the white cupola. So you have one arch and then you have two two rectangles next to it. Or next to that, you've got the three. It's almost like the windows you're showing with a with a uh, concrete band across the top or something. I don't know if it's concrete. That, to me, has a little less. Uh, um, I'm saying modern, it, you know, you just I guess the word, unfortunately, there's always a question of how do you define how do you define it? And um, and when we're looking at this drawing that you have, and it's hard because it's it's a you know it's just a schematic. It doesn't really give us any dimension or depth so that we know how it's going to look. But it's it's so um, it just I, I don't know how to better describe than there are many windows that we've seen. If we come down a little bit again through Amy, where that where Hudson is. Is that, do you have the screen, Amy? I don't yeah. have Hudson. I do have it in my phone, but not. So if you're looking Where's at... Where's Natick? This is Natick right here, where, the, where your pointer is. So maybe you don't have as many windows in the repetitiveness as they had, and, and that little arch above it in the center, an arch around it, takes a little bit of that away, the modern look away, because of the way that the banding is done. Um that just to me is a much more classic look. Is that helpful? 
no, no, that doesn't look good. Yeah. So maybe different treatments around the windows. Like this is, like you said, this is a narrow, tall, looks like there might be a black rain band around it. Right. It's missing a pop of color. It's like, it's lack of positive and negative space. It's like just, this treatment around it. It's not it. popping. Right. Because that's why you need the light, you know, the light, like the cornice that's in white or, or the uh, cement, the light color cement. It's just, it's so bland. I think, I'm wondering if part of what we're having a problem with is the materiality. I think, you know, these are very conceptual schematic elevations. They're not representative of final materials. We try to use rather neutral tones early on. Um, so you're not necessarily seeing, um, you know, we're talking about different materials, but you're not necessarily seeing a contrast in what these different materials might look like. And perhaps that's, <clears throat> excuse me, um, causing some of the, um, that you're feeling it's flat, I guess, and, and causing some of these comments. I think, because um, when I, I look at, you know, the banding that you're pointing to, we do have some of that banding in our building, but it's not a, in this rendering shown as a high contrast. And so maybe it's just getting misinterpreted. Um, you know, as I look at the building that you have at the bottom of that screen of the photograph, on the right-hand side, I see three windows under a precast lintel that are rectangular with two smaller panes up above, which is exactly what we have in our right. design. Yeah. So the only difference that I see between those two is is color, red brick and a, and a light lintel versus um, what we're showing is just sort of a neutral brick color over the entire facade right now. So... Um, you know, we can certainly look at some of the color options and the materiality and see if that um, helps to um, convey the ideas a little better in the elevation. When people come here, usually they'll, they'll show, hey, here's, you know, when it was in live in person, here, here's the material details, here it is, or when it's in Zoom, here's, here's this color, here's this, here's that, here's a section elevation like you have here, but, you know, hey, here's a clock tower blown up, here's more detail on it, here's, here's the material in more detail. Mm -hmm. Let it show through, let it pop in this in more detail, let it pop through, you know, not popping. I agree. This looks contemporary too, but um, I see Bob has his hand up. Yeah, I, I, I do. Thank you, Amy. Um, one of the things to remember when you're talking about windows, there's a certain amount of glazing that is required um, in, in, a, in any type of a building. So you've got to, you know, watch for that and also with the energy code the windows have to be energy efficient um as amy our architect has said before you know we're currently under a um a new energy code uh that was started for commercial uses back in on july 1st um and there's supposed to be another edition coming out from the icc and also uh further changes coming up in uh probably next july um, and we don't know quite what those changes are going to be. So, um, you know, you, you've, you've got to keep windows in the back of your mind where they are required, but they also have to meet certain requirements through the energy code. I just wanted to make you aware of that. Thanks. Well, I, and I, and I agree with that, but I don't think facades to the building really have to do with the energy codes of the windows, how the windows are placed in the building and what's around them. The, the windows need to be placed according to 
um, the interior plants because um, it's it, it goes by room. Yes, but you can. What I'm talking about is how they're decorated. Decoration isn't in the building code. Right. <laughs> okay. It's now ten o'clock. Um, I might open it up for some public comments if you guys are okay with that. Yes. The only um issue I have is um I see that there are five attendees, but I can't. I can only see one name, so. I don't know if the chief or anyone else who's co-host can see the names. I actually can't see anyone. I only see one person's name. But I can see at the top, it says there are five attendees. So if someone's raising their hand, I can't tell. And I don't know why. That's more of a... I have a no idea. Thing. There are one, two, three, four, five attendees, and I don't see any hands raised. I, okay. Amy, I have, um, again, with the chief, I've got five attendees. I have their names. Yep. But I don't see any hands uh, raised aside from mine, I think. Oh, great. Okay. I can see the number five, but I can only see one name. I don't know why. Yeah. They're all hiding from me. <laughs> the attendees include uh, two uh, members of the fire station building committee and three members of the fire department. Okay. But no one has their hand raised. I don't see anybody. Okay. So there are no public comments. I'll give them a couple seconds, <laughs> see if they have any questions, but... Um, does anybody else have anything to add, like staff or the architects or anybody on the design review? When will it, when will they come again before us with the changes that we've asked for? Or the, or the vision? When's the next time you plan to put that together so we can see um, the elevations and such? Janet, do you have the schedule by any chance? I am going to open it up and take a look here. Hold on for a second. Uh, our next meeting is scheduled for February 8th. 8th. Okay. Our next meeting is scheduled for uh, the 31st. The 31st of January. Is February 8th too early to come back to design review? Because sometimes I can check with Dave and Lisa, but we're pretty flexible if if February 8th doesn't work for you, we can add another meeting. Our current plan shows um, the next meeting happening a little further in February. If you would give us an opportunity to talk um, among ourselves and, and that, so, you know, we we have to go before the, um, the billing committee um, before we come back, obviously, because they are... Um, who we take direction from. So um, I'll need to speak with them, but we had planned something a little bit further into February. We're in the process right now of doing our schematic design to get to an estimate, which is a very labor intensive period of time. It's not that we will be stopping doing anything that we've been talking about. Absolutely. Um, spoke to the engineers yesterday about responding to all of Lori's comments, which we appreciate. We just got those at the end of yesterday. So, you know, we haven't had a chance to even take a real serious look at them. Um, so we need those people to have a chance to look at all that stuff and respond. I need to talk to my team and uh, and the committee um, about process. So if you're willing to be flexible, Amy, that would be mm -hmm. fabulous for us. Um, I know how important this um, project is to the town and, you know, we want to get this right. So we don't want to rush back and have it be um, half answered um, or half developed. Um, we'd rather use your time um, better. Okay. 
Okay. That's great. I also have all, I know I asked a lot of questions. I have them all typed out. I can forward them to you. That'd be them. Yeah. Anything that anybody wants to formalize to us, it's always nice to be able to share those. I was able to quickly, I mean, we, again, we haven't had a chance to look at them to get them out to Ray and Nicole, the concerns that Lori noted. Um, there will be some that, you know, um, well, you know, without, without question, um, we'll be doing and other ones that, you know, we'll, we'll have questions come back and how we um, uh, deal with those issues because of the complexity of this particular site. And, um, and then we'll have a chance to do a, a, a better job um, with okay. those. So anything you want to get to us is great. Okay, Amy, thanks. And I know... Amy, Amy, any questions you send, could you just make sure that they go to the uh, building committee too? So yep. I can make sure they are, or to me, and I'll make sure the building committee gets them. Sure. And we also received two letters from the public. Um, I'm hoping you got those. If not, I'll forward those to you too. They had some questions and concerns. Please make sure. And ideas. Uh, it's always good to hear from everybody. Yeah, I might I'll have gotten them. one, but I don't know about two. So make sure <laughs> if you could send them again, that'll make sure that nothing gets lost. If it goes, I, I would say send everything to the chief because he is the um, this distributor of all comments um, to okay. everybody. So um, that would be great. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for coming. Like, I do think it's definitely all moving in the right direction. I think you guys are working through it all. And, and I really think it's coming along and it's, it's going to be a showcase for the town. So um, thank you for listening. Bob, I see your hand is still raised. Do you have a, yes. another question? Yes, I do. Thank you. Um, uh, just, I'm throwing this out there. Um, the main pedestrian entrance in the front of the building is underneath a roof that is not a gable roof. And I don't know if the building committee or the architects have come up with a roofing material, but my question is, has anybody thought about um, protecting that entrance for pedestrians coming in uh, from the fall of snow off of that roof? Um, if you've got standing seam metal roof, I don't know, I, again, I don't know what the choice is, but standing seam metal roofs uh, sloughs off a lot of snow at a big time. Um, so I don't know if maybe thinking about an extended structure, like a portico, so that if the snow does fall, it lands on a roof and not a pedestrian. Um, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there because we, we've had this uh, I have very similar situations with residential solar panels in this situation coming down and dropping a ton of snow right at the front door. Even uh, rain, Bob, I agree with you. Even rain, you're going to get soaked trying to get through and out in and out that door. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there as a, yeah. as something to think about. We Thank did. you. We did intend to put um, snow guards on the roof um, all around the, the perimeter um to protect and we can uh talk about adding some more especially at uh doors um that glass entrance there again is recessed in a little bit so rain won't be such an issue because you'll be able to step under um the arch there and uh get out of the rain as you open the door to get into the building um but we are we are equally concerned about snow and we'll look at it how deep is that recess right now um Right now, I think, Mark, is it a couple of feet deep right now? That is correct. It's uh, about two feet deep. So, I mean, it would be good at least to have four four feet for somebody coming up. If there are two people trying to get into the door, 
at least giving them some a little bit more protection. Two feet is kind of narrow with things dripping down from there. We can look at it. Okay, great. So if you get um, in touch with Lori, she can help set up the next meeting with us. And again, thank you for coming in and taking all our comments. And it's really definitely looks nice. It's moving in the right direction. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you. Board members, it's um 10, 12, it's running late. So I don't know if you wanna just push the minutes and everything else until our next meeting on the 7th. It sounds like the fire station committee won't be coming back on the 7th. So we will have time to do minutes and talk about sign guidelines. The next meeting should be the 8th. Oh, the 8th. I think that sounds like a plan. What do you say, Dave? That's fine with me. Lori and Bob, did you have anything else to add? Anything not. else for today? No. Okay. Yeah, I, I had just um, a couple of things, um, basically for the architects. Um, as you know, um, under the energy code, um, the electric charging stations, you're going to have to identify where those are going um, and with the proper proportions. And also, um, as required by the building code, um, uh, you're going to have to designate a section of the roof that is going to be solar ready. So I just wanted to, I'm sure you guys already know, you guys have a whole team of experts. So I'm just kind of throwing that out there in case somebody has a question. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Okay. So if there's uh, nothing else for today, can I have a motion to adjourn? Still moved. Motion to adjourn. <laughs> Second by Dave. Roll call vote. Um, Lisa Maselli? Yes. Dave Varon? Yep. Okay, and I'm an I. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you.